This is another episode of On the Grid by Z Prime. Love your energy. Hello, everybody. Welcome back to Z Prime On the Grid. I am Dylan Lockwood. Joining me is my co-host Joyce Dooley. Joyce, how are you doing today? Fantastic, Dylan. Thank you. Always, uh, always excited to chat with you. And we got some cool folks here to talk with us today about uh, more. Uh, about more intelligent utilities. Uh, from Avertra, we have Bashir Sarani, CEO and CTO. Bashir, welcome to the show. How are you doing? Hey, Dylan. Hey, Joyce. Thank you for being here. And you know, thank you, everybody, for listening to the podcast, whoever just started listening to it. Looking forward to having an exciting journey here. Yeah, we're happy to have you. We also have uh, Avertra's Chief Customer Officer, Giancarlo G.C. Reyes. Uh, G.C., welcome to the show. How are you doing? Doing good. Uh, thanks for uh, for having me uh, part of this session and uh, looking forward to this podcast. So uh, as part of a shift to offer more inclusive services and experiences to customers in the utility space, uh, what does the utility of the future sort of look like to you? How is it going to be built and how is it going to uh, how is it going to be perceived by further generations? Hey, Dylan, yeah, GC here. So, uh, you know, the utility of the future, it's, um, you know, in my opinion, it's addressing the evolving customer uh, expectations, right? And in order to meet the expectation of the, of the customers of the future, utilities have to adapt and make changes to an entire utility ecosystem. And that starts building a culture within their internal staff. Uh, utility of the futures need to have a systems which are seamless integrated, but uh, also uh, keeping up with the trends and uh, challenges of the future. And then also, uh, utilities need to have a cost-efficient solution in place to, to be competitive with pricing. Uh, and how this can be done is through digital solutions that would help reduce operational costs. Now, the reality is there's, there's competition with other suppliers and even the consumers themselves, right? And so the, the theme uh, that you see across in our society is convenience. Right. Every customer right now, it's all about speed of delivery and convenience. You know, hey, you can buy, you know, just the other day I ordered uh, literally nail clippers and it was delivering my household within like five hours. You know, and that's uh, to me, in my opinion, of the utility future, it's convenience, speed of delivery and expectations that customers have today. And specifically the next generation, when I look at my kids, you know, they want everything immediately. They want to have access. They want to be informed what's going on rather than being uh, reactive. Yeah, I, I totally agree with you, GC. And Dylan, I think that that's a great question, right? So for us, I, I think GC highlighted one of the first things he said was culture, right? So for the utility to get to the utility of the future, it has to really shift its mindset initially to kind of stop saying every time they go through a transformation program, well, this is how we did it before. Because in essence, all what you're doing is spending tens and if not hundreds of millions of dollars on a system today that does the exact same thing your system of yesterday was doing for you. But now it's just a different screen and a different vendor and a different you know, acronym for whose system you're using. And that has to be, a, a, there has to be a shift because there is right now a generational shift in who the utility employee is today, right? You're now having folks that are coming in wanting to work in the industry but if you really look at it, is the utility industry that sexy of an industry? It's definitely a necessity, right? We can't live without the utilities. We were so thankful for all the first 
you know, first line responders, everybody who put their lives at risk during the pandemic that were still out there supporting in line extension programs, reading meters, ensuring that we have a stable service that's, you know, coming to every one of our homes across all commodities. But at the end of the day, who's the new generation that's coming in? Because a lot of utilities now are going to have a mass, you know, retirement coming up soon. But if they don't change how they're operating, their culture, add more agility to how they work, as well as provide better tools for their internal employees and external customers, they're going to they're going to be there's going to be a culture shock in the future for utilities. You know, we say something, a great customer experience starts with a better employee experience, right? And that's something, you know, here at Avertra, we really pride ourselves because when looking at customer experience and, and user experience, we look at it holistically. Everything from the start of the new construction process to setting your meter the first time to actually going ahead and starting an account and selecting the service and, and product that you want from the utility to getting your first bill. All of these different types of processes have to be aware of each other. They have to be designed in the most simplest and most streamlined way. And it has to become modern, right? You know, GC said something that, you know, we're looking at now utilities from the eyes of our children. And, you know, I went and I asked, I have a 10 year old and an eight year old and I asked them, hey, how much do you guys think our bill is for electricity this month? And they were shocked that we even pay for electricity. And the reason was, their question was, well, why do we pay for it? If it's gone, can we live? So they look at it as a necessity of life, just like how we have roads, we have air. There are other things that today, in today's society, we cannot live without. And utilities is definitely one of them. But also, utilities are at a disadvantage, right? You know, GC gave a great example of how we want that convenience and that data coming to me, and I don't want to wait. We don't want to wait anymore. But unfortunately, regulations are crushing utilities' abilities to grow, right? And there has to be a balance because if you look at a utility, it's actually constrained around how much it can actually charge for the service that it's offering through its rate cases. And then also from a growth perspective, utilities are type, kind of tapped unless they're in a market that ends up becoming a hot area in, in the country. And now you see exponential growth in terms of new connections. Or you have, you know, investors coming in and actually, you know, fixing up areas and, and knocking down old buildings and creating, you know, new apartment complexes or universities or, or different types of commercial entities. So there, there's, there's, in, in essence, if the utility industry doesn't figure out a way how to balance out regulation with spend, right, you're going to have a lot of unhappy customers at the end of the day. But, but what utilities can do, which will help them in the future is figure out a way how to balance their costs, right? And that's where the right solutions come in that support the next set of generations and allows the utility to become a lot more predictive and proactive versus reactive as it is today. Yeah, we've heard that, um, we've heard about, you know, moving toward moving towards uh, being more more proactive than reactive. And a lot of, you know, that gets talked a lot about in terms of, uh, you know, in terms of, technology but also organization but also organizational shifts and you know there'll be plenty plenty of time to talk about that i just want to follow up specifically on what you were talking about how um you know a lot of the, this can be constrained by regulation what are some of the what are some of the sort of some of the regulations you're talking about specifically is it just the 
the notion of the rate case specifically, or is there anything else? Right. Rate case is one, giving the utilities the ability to add non-core services and products, right? For them to be able to upsell that same customer that's been trusting their brand, right? How they capitalize certain types of investments also impacts them where, you know, they, they can't capitalize certain things regarding to software as a service and subscription-based. So now they're moving to more, you know. So th those really impact the buying habits as well as the strategies of the utilities. And I'm sure there's a ton of regulations down the path when it comes to distributed generation and how they can actually roll that out properly to their customer segments and their customer bases. So th these are at least key things, but mainly around what I was initially focusing on was giving the utility the ability to break out of its shell as looking, looked at as a utility and to look at itself as um, an e-commerce or a financial services institution, right? You can, I'll, I'll say this, if Jeff Bezos had access to 300,000 people all the time, every month, guaranteed logging into Amazon, he, he would have been a billionaire a lot faster than what he was. You know, utilities have access to mass markets that other industries do not have access to. And they have access to personal behavior patterns that other industries don't have access to. But unfortunately, the regulated bodies aren't allowing utilities to really maximize the ability to serve the customer in different ways to maybe reduce the rate on them. You know, because if utilities are making money, for example, reselling insurance services, instead of having to open separate entities and hire separate teams and build out separate non-core non offerings, you know, utilities could have strategic ways on how to actually reduce the overall bill for the customer because I'm spending money somewhere else, maybe an appliance, maybe an insurance, maybe I'm financing my electric car through the utility and I'm getting a really steep discount on the cost of electricity through that. So, but unfortunately the regulators aren't pro prosumer right and that's where you have problems where the utilities might not be able to crack out of that you know some are being very creative they're creating separate organizations and separate entities to do that but you know again you're now having to rebuild brand trust when the utility itself already has the brand trust and everybody knows who they are so that's kind of where i was going Bill. so with some of those constraints you know from your perspective what is the role of customer choice and personalization with utilities as they seek to improve the customer experience right now yeah, Joy. So, uh, you know, utilities have, um, you know, one thing I want to say is utilities have made, um, I would say, significant investment in the last couple of years um, around this space. And and you're seeing more and more utilities actually creating customer experience roles and departments. Um, and so they're starting to adapt. And and how I view the customer experience is really two, two aspects to it. One is um, having a uh, one-stop centralized source of information that's accessible to uh, customers, right? An example is a portal. The second, which Bashir alluded to, um, is give, having the right tools, technology solutions for the back office, front office. Really, that's where customer experience really starts, right? Customers today call utilities, for the most part, um, where there's a complex scenario that they can't self-serve. Uh, there's a study that I read where um, around approximately 78% 78% of customers um, like to self-serve and actually go on and uh, portals to address any issues that they encounter. And utilities are, you know, making the investment and they're recognizing some of the benefits of uh, investing in customer experience. Uh, one is enhancing the uh, communication and finding 
convenient digital solutions uh, that can increase customer satisfaction and also lower internal costs. You know, in addition, uh, regarding to uh, customer experiences, giving the customer more control, which you're, that's another buzzword that we're hearing across utilities, which is great. But also, um, you know, utilities have, as Bashir mentioned, they have a basically a central hub of customer data, which that could be used to personalize a customer experience. For example, I'm a customer, I'm more interested around energy efficient. Uh, customer B is more interested in usage comparison, like myself. I want to see how my usage comparison within my community, within my neighborhood. Um, and mainly also to also have a, um, a single set of business layers across all uh, different personas. So you have the front office, back office, customer, field work, uh, meter reading, they're all tied to eventually customer experience. Yeah, those are great points, GC, right? I mean, I'd just like to add to that. Um, but there's some constraints here too, right? A lot of times, I think GC was absolutely spot on. You have to tie the whole journey from when I first extend lines to my customer's first bill, but utilities have the problem where they have so many siloed systems that basically don't talk well to each other or are very expensive to actually integrate and start having bi-directional proper communication and event handling. And you know, we were able to solve that with our My Customer platform, actually. You know, one thing you know that we're very proud of is when we looked at the new construction to cash lifecycle, we realized that not every utility is gonna have you know, a name brand CIS, right? There are some that are still running on old COBOL based type solutions. And we wanted to make sure to build a solution suite that can sit on top and enhance the employee experience and customer experience without forcing utilities to have all that capital investment to get to a point of customer delightfulness and customer excellence, right? So, but you also going back to kind of the problem statement that I was talking about earlier, utilities are also limited to how much data that they're actually capturing from the customer. So some utilities are not comfortable asking certain types of demographic information about the customer. Some utilities are not comfortable asking about appliance information, right? But all that data is gold. All that data, if we're able, if the utility is able to capture it, can lead to a higher level of personalization in the service that it's actually offering the customer. So utilities want to get there, but the thing is, can they get there? Or do they need to, going back to what we were talking about earlier, have a mind shift and a mindset and a cultural shift to really start enabling themselves to capture the right information, to personalize it for Dylan, Joyce, GC, and Bashir. Because we're not the same. We all have, to we have different goals, we have different objectives. We use the commodities very differently. And, you know, but at the same time, we all get the same email from the utility. We all get the same marketing blast from the utility because everything is, is, is broad and to everybody and it's not properly segmented because of a lack of information and the lack of data that's actually context aware and linked to each other. Mm, yeah, I can see how that would definitely kind of get in the way of that personalization that people are looking for for the utilities of the future. Um, so kind of in that same vein then, you know, how do we enable utilities today to move beyond reactionary tactics and dealing with their customers and really move into those proactive measures and addressing customer needs? That's a great question, Joyce. So, you know, because we look at the utility new construction to cash lifecycle holistically, right? You know, we've, we've built a series of solutions that I'm not saying they need to use ours, but utilities need to start thinking of how to actually focus more on 
the brain. And what do I mean by that, right? So today, if you look at a typical cycle, and I'll use this as an example, Bashir has been paying well for the last nine pay periods on time or before his due date. And now on the 10th period, I'm late 12 days, 14 days, 20 days, right? Well, I'm probably going to have a late fee now because I didn't pay on time. So, but you should be able to have a system that's forecasting that. Now, I know a lot of people say, well, we have predictive models that when you call the call center, it's going to pop up and let my agent know why you're calling because there's a fee that was put on your bill that traditionally wasn't. Well, we have a different philosophy here at Avertra. Well, why not prevent that call from coming in at all? There should be systems because utilities don't have enough bodies. They don't have enough hands and eyes on all of their customers' information. Right. You know, the average utility of 300,000 customers has maybe a 40, 50 person call center and a six to seven person back office. There's no way they have enough capacity to look and analyze millions and millions of data points to make proper decisions before an event takes place. So that's where, you know, on our side, we've built these engines that basically search for these anomalies. And actually, if we have a 96 percent prediction that Bashir is going to call and actually complain and work and there's a 86% chance we're going to give Bashir the discount because he's a good payer. Because again, you know, utilities are pretty binary, right? It's, it's, there's not a lot of empathy in the decision-making process. Um, you know, but if we, if our model can basically determine that, yes, we will give this person a discount, why even apply the penalty from the beginning and have the customer complain about it, right? So that's how you go from being reactive to predictive and preventative at the same time, right? But it takes, it takes a data gathering strategy through surveys, more apps online, asking the customer questions that you typically didn't ask them before and getting some of those responses to start knowing more and enabling you to segment me. And typically these small utilities, think of this as an impossible you know, reach for them. Only the big guys can have it because that's very expensive or it's gonna take too long or I'm gonna to need to replace my current billing system before I can get to this point. And that's where we actually have the philosophy of saying, no, we don't agree with that, right? We believe that the models and these types of you know, strategies should be adaptable to both small and large utilities. And you know, we're more than happy to work with a utility of any shape or size that has any budget to help them achieve their operational goals. Bashir and I, I agree 100%. And there's a, a greater need now to to connect with the customers and be more proactive. And, you know, customers are becoming more and more connected. And um, utilities need to have a strategy in place to go from reactive to uh, proactive. And and as you alluded to, how, how this can be done, uh, leverage big data analytics, machine learning to understand the customer, and um, which will enhance the customer engagement through an omni-channel experience um, uh, across all interactions. And as Bashir mentioned regarding to the payment arrangements, you know, move, I was, Bashir and I were just uh, discussing about this the other night, uh, move in, move out to activate service, deactivate services. You know, that process, you're really speaking to different parties involved. You have the utilities, you have the settlement company, you have the HOA community. There should be a single hub Right. If, if I'm working with a settlement, real estate settlement company, they have all my data. Right. And somehow the utility should have some kind of communication in, or integration in place with the settlement company. John Doe is moving into property A. 
that information should be received to the utility customers. Where today, I have to call the utility again to activate the services. And guess what? If I change my settlement date, I have to call the utility again. That's a 15, 20 minutes of, of my time that I have to invest to make that process. So I, I totally agree with you, Bashir, 100%. Yeah, just, that's the problem, right? A lot of the utilities journey maps start when I call in. Yes. Right? That's it. That's where the journey map starts. Like customer calls or customer emails or customer, instead of saying, well, settlement company informs utility, this customer is buying this property and automate the move in process for them, right? And expand it out. And again, there's new additional revenue sources that could have been had, right? You could charge an extra fee for having the process done at settlement instead of you waiting to go through settlement and then calling in and actually turning on your service. So, um, but that has to do with the mindset and the culture shift that we were talking about earlier. Kind of building off of that, we recently wrapped up a survey with you all on this topic and kind of found some interesting data points. You know, for instance, 75% of utilities have invested in self-service customer portals within the last three years. And about half of them have doubled down on their AMI and CIS systems too. What do you think of the increased adoption of these portals? And is there a better way, for instance, maybe uh, smart or intelligent portals? Kudos to our utility partners. Um, you know, they're, uh, you know, they're listening to the market. They've, um, they've invested in, in, in AMI, CIS, portal solutions, which is great. And, and really, I view this as just the first step of truly a transformation, transformation journey. And um, the next um, next wave is having intelligent solutions, uh, making use of AI, machine learning to, again, better understand your customers, uh, the needs that they need today, and most importantly, what they need tomorrow, right? And going back to what Bashir's uh, mentioned, right? It's, it's uh, the customer journey today starts at when the customer calls in, right? And we have a different mindset. The utilities need to have a different mindset moving forward. Uh, this will all lead to um, case deflection, reduce support costs, um, and improve the customer experience. Uh, one of our customers, Fairfax Water, fortunate enough, we're, we're actually part of their five-year digital transformation uh, program. Uh, the first release is where we did deploy a portal, uh, which helped um, deflect calls to the customers, also uh, enhance the customer experience. The, the second release of this transformation program, we're... Um, automating processes, going back to the example I gave earlier, the move and move out. So customers now have the ability to go through uh, our portal and activate or deactivate services, which integrates with the backend system. And so we're truly deflecting calls with our solutions, part of this second release. The third, which is really the, the fun and cool stuff, innovative solutions that we're deploying at Fairfax is conversational AI and also looking at including ways to have uh, different communication channels for the customers to interact with call service rather than the human agent. Yeah, and to kind of tie this into what we were talking about earlier, now that the portal is there, it's not done, right? Now you have a direct connection with your customer and utilities with their marketing and their PR teams and their customer service and customer experience teams really need to come together and have one collective strategy on how to maximize that relationship with the customer. How could we basically put together the right systems, processes, and techniques to have the customer come on, not only to view their bill or to pay it, but to actually take proper action if they want to have proper threshold management. Hey, let me know 
when my usage or my dollar amount reaches a certain point in before my period is done, right? Or if the utility is seeing that the customer is late, automatically sending them a notification to say, hey, by the way, could you want to click here and actually enroll in our payment plans because you qualify and with two clicks, we can get you into payment plans so you don't have to have any late fees or disconnection and reconnection charges or any of that. So it ties in with both that predictive mindset and preventative mindset as well too, with the enhanced customer experience because sure, I don't wanna call you, but I don't mind hearing from you. So as a customer, I don't wanna call the utility in reality, right? And you know, we do this for a living. We sell chatbots, we sell portals, we sell CRM solutions. But at the end of the day, as a customer, I want the utility to reach out to me and send me a text message and ask me a question and then just a quick respond and that's all I need. You know, we had an outage the other day and it was actually an inconvenience that we had to wait for 38 minutes on the phone before an agent actually was able to say, oh, hey, yeah, we see an outage in your area and this is when we think it's gonna be back. So the time to heal and time for the power to be back on, that should have just been a text message. The utility should have automatically known that I have an outage. They should have texted me and said, hey, by this time, we're predicting and expecting your power to be back on. Log into the portal or press two to keep receiving SMS notifications and updates, right? So that level of proactiveness is really what we see as the next evolution now that utilities are implementing portals and AMI and CIS and you know, and bringing all of that together into one comprehensive journey is, you know, GC said it right. It has to be an omni-channel, omni-experience journey that utilities are looking at. Shifting focus a little bit, uh, but keeping with that survey, nearly a third of those respondents said that, you know, they struggled with workflow and efficiencies and uh, training consistency of the workforce. Can you, can you speak a little bit about how, um, about how workforces are going to be uh, are going to be changing, and how training programs and, and operability will need to keep up with that. That's a great question. That's a great question, and uh, I'll answer it with some of our philosophies. Right, um, you know, when designing our solutions, the first thing that we think of at Avertra is how do we build an app that we know that anybody can use, even if they don't have that industry's experience, right? So if you look at the new millennial workforce and the Gen Z workforce that's coming in, you know, we have now the world of TikTok and Twitter and, and Instagram where everything is one button. There are commonalities in terms of, you know, edit, update, upload, post, delete, right? So, so looking at all the common types of, um, you could say, usability expectations that the new workforce is having, we took all these things into consideration and then thought, well, okay, but so we know on the app side how to make it work, but how do we ensure that the workforce is doing the job properly and actually adhering to the standard operating procedures that the utility has in front of them? And so what did we end up doing? We decided to bring in elements of data mining, artificial intelligence, and smart workflows that integrate multiple disparate systems that traditionally, you know, an agent who's either analyzing an exception that took place or is on a call with an upset customer, they typically have to go and look at three, four different screens and different systems to be able to answer some basic questions. 
And one of the things that we decided to do is how to augment them is, well, let's reduce the number of clicks. Let's reduce the number of screens. And then let's have AI understand what the case or the call that the agent is actually supporting and bring the data that typically the agent would look for to the forefront of the agent. So that was one. The other thing is we looked at, well, okay, so for an experienced agent, that's gonna work. But how about if the agent is new, what do we do? So that's where we actually integrated it with our knowledge base, right? To say, okay, throughout the process, we need to have quick actionable links to either videos, guided procedures, or visuals that will let the agent know based on the business process that they're supporting, how they need to do it if they're not sure. They don't need to stop and call a supervisor and put the process on hold. We need to give them access to that data on their at their fingertips. And it needs to be context specific. I don't need to go to a wiki and go through four different menu items until I search to, for the process. No, you know I'm supporting this customer type for this business process at this step. You should give me the context for that training content for that step because I don't have time to read. I need to answer a question or I have to meet our SLAs and support my exception in a certain period of time. You know, so that's that's one mechanism that we augmented the agents. Another mechanism that we did is, you know, typically utility agents, they have a lot to do in a short period of time. And it, it's really, really tough on them. And, and again, we're so thankful for every utility employee out there. You know, but you know, when they're on a call or they're analyzing something, they actually have a pen and paper next to them or a sticky pad, notepad, on, and they're just writing away shorthand type of notes. And the issue with that is it gives a utility a true lack of insight of what's going on because I could write my shorthand very different than how Joyce is going to, even if it's for the same process. And then when you're trying to analyze the actual both notes for that customer interaction, it's going to become a problem and it's not basically comprehensible to the end, to the analytics engine that's trying to see what to do next or what happened in this type of scenario. So what we've done on our side to augment that is we actually have AI. I know this is going to sound scary and big brotherish, but it's not. Um, look at and monitor what the agents are working on. And it actually takes notes on behalf of the agent to let the agent know, you changed the name, you gave them a miscellaneous adjustment, <clears throat> you put a lock on the account, and it actually starts writing all the notes on behalf of the agent. So when the agent is ending the call or finishing up their work on a case, it pops up and says, this is all the stuff that we saw you do, or do you agree? And all the agent has to do is accept, 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 and what does that do? Not only did we augment the agent, we reduced the, the cleanup time after the call or after the case is done as well too. And that goes towards their SLAs and their operating matrices. And then on top of that, we actually made the process a lot easier for the agent so they can focus on the job instead of focusing on taking notes of what they did. So there's all these benefits. And then lastly, we standardize data because you know GC was saying so we need big data and machine learning. Well, I'm sure we've all heard of, you know, garbage in, garbage out, excuse my French there. But at the same time, what we want to do is standardize the data and make sure it's clean from the start. So when a utility is ready to deploy these types of solutions, it doesn't have to spend a ton of money on cleansing initiatives. Hey, but seriously, you know, the, the reality, CRM, BPM, ERP solutions, you know, they, they've fallen short in addressing operational efficiencies because they target different functions. Right. And so these 
it's no surprise that today um, utilities have manual processes and onboarding are becoming more and more expensive, right? And the reasons for this is clunky workflows, manual processes, limited visibility of the staff performances as Bashir alluded to, right? And so there needs to be more of a focus of augmenting the front office, back office with advanced workflow solutions, uh, AI, machine learning, uh, robotics to um, improve the quality of speed and flexibility of work. Right? And the biggest benefit will be freeing, not just freeing up the employees uh, from complex and repetitive tasks, but allowing them to focus on the value add to improve customer experience, right? The, the, the staff now focus on firefight mode continuously without focus on providing customer delightfulness. And, you know, one, uh, one item that I mentioned to all of our customers, you know, we need to figure out a way um, or, or shift towards reducing the training effort onboarding of uh, the utility workforce. Self-service portal, like the customers today, there's no training involved. That's rolled out to customers and they're able to go on, navigate, process without any training or onboarding. That same mindset needs to apply to the front and back office. It's no secret that COVID-19 really shook things up as well. Um, and it really changed how a lot of people had to approach work. What are your thoughts on the future of work um, and kind of managing that in the digital workforce? Yeah, Joyce, you know, one I want to say that, you know, utilities were um, resilient towards uh, uh, the pandemic. I mean, it's, you know, they accepted immediate challenge and reorganizing or operations and, and adjusting customer service. Overall, they responded very well. I mean, just myself, I, I invest in a few real estate properties. I had to call my utility customers and literally there was no impact, which is again, kudos to the, our utility partners for doing a great job during these, uh, uh, during the whole pandemic. Uh, one, uh, you know, one study or article that I read, um, nearly half of the uh, utility workforce will be eligible to retire over the next five to seven years. So utilities need to plan for the next generation workforce, right? And that's by incorporating again digital technology and really a mindset or decision to go digital will not only determine how efficient and effective uh, these tools can be, but also determine whether a utility can attract and hire the right talent for the future. Uh, there's becoming more of an urge for utilities to go di digital. And it's not just for the sake of improving uh, current operations, but also to hire the right talent and keeping the latest generation of employees for success uh, with today's evolving uh, customers. Yeah, uh, GC, I agree. And, you know, kind of we touched on this earlier, right? The workforce now is shifting to a younger and younger generation, right? So talking about, again, touching on the cultural shifts from, you know, today it's, it's just a few that have that tribal knowledge to make it now become more digital in general. You know, especially with all these utility employees about to go into a well-deserved retirement and well-earned, right? They, you know, we what happens to the knowledge gap? That's going to become a massive process product. That's going to become a, a major impact for utilities. Um, and that's where really they need to start looking at how to adopt proper technologies that can be used to streamline the processes and augment uh, their new resources and augment their teams to do their job better. Kind of like how we discussed, right? That's where we really feel our solutions can help utilities avoid this big problem statement that's coming down the road. 
by having the system drive and support your agent instead of vice versa. Because right now, a lot of utilities are spending tons of time, effort, and money on training their teams on how to use the tools, right? Which again, to me, is just mind boggling, especially after they've spent all this money on the tool. Shouldn't the tool kind of be easy enough to not just move your agents towards the right process and recommend the right next best steps, but it needs to be easy enough where your agents really are adapted to it. Just like how nobody taught us how to use any of these social media platforms. And I'll use the same example that GC mentioned. Nobody trains a, a utility customer how to use a utility portal, right? So that's where, you know, technology really can play a, a big, big, big um, you know, part in this journey for the utilities. You know, uh, but unfortunately, a lot of utilities, big and small, look at certain things um, around staff, augmenting staff using tech or AI as something scary, right? And they traditionally don't have the attitude to make these types of investments. You know, utilities still have the mindset of being a pipes and lines. They're not tech shops, right? They don't invest in high-end technologies or build something from scratch. Some do, but that's a very, very, very small number. I think it was like 8,500 utilities in the U.S. There's probably less than 100 that are actually considered pioneers and are actually making the investments and building their own solutions because what they want doesn't exist on the market, right? So, you know, also we see that from a digital workforce standpoint that utilities have to become more agile and train their teams on how to become more agile and how to work using, you know, different types of tools like Jira and the concepts of breaking down user stories and, and, you know, thinking of an MVP type of mindset, you know, where you identify the area of improvement, pick your team, you figure out exactly what it is that you guys need to do. And from there, roll out small pieces and then iterate over time to make it better and better and better. Um, again, today, most utilities have a big bang type of mindset and are not really drawn to that agile and kind of fear the following statement, right? You know, we, at least on our side, we look at failure is not a bad thing. It's, it's a learning mechanism for us, right? So fail, fail fast, pivot, and then try again, right? But I know sometimes when you're consumer facing, there's, there's hesitation to have these types of mindsets, but it's normal. We see it all the time with any product we use online today. Nothing is perfect, whether it's United, T-Mobile, all these different types of solutions, they have bugs and issues in them. But the thing is, you see those iterations happening really, really fast and supporting the, the problems, right? And then you know, moving away from those long, long rollouts. I mean, it still burns my heart every time I hear that it takes 18 months to implement a billing system for a utility. I, I just don't understand. And, and my main question is why? Why does it take so long? Right. I mean, if things are becoming as standard as people claim they are and, and if things are as easy as people claim they are, why aren't these projects done in three months? Right. We can deploy our self-service solution in under 12 weeks. I think we can do it as fast as four to five weeks. Right. So, you know, when other people are saying, no, nope, it takes six to nine months. Well, technology is now at a point of ease where you don't need these long, long, long life cycles. Um, which directly impact the workforce and what types of projects the teams are working on. Th uh, th thank you for that insight. And uh, thank you for joining us on the show today, uh, Bashir and GC. There's a, there's a lot of ways that, you know, utilities are and the industry itself are, are shifting as we move into a, <laughs> move into a, 
uh, more di a more digital world, a more digital electricity space, and we have a more uh, digitally minded staff, uh, or more digitally minded workforce uh, coming into uh, into positions in the utility industry at all at, at all levels. So it'll be interesting to, to track this stuff as it goes forward. Thank you for uh, and thank you for helping outline some of the some of the obstacles and some of the opportunities as well. Oh, it's our it's our pleasure, Dylan. Right. I mean, and you said it right now, you know, you're seeing more and more of this new chief digital officer at utility right now. So we're excited. The industry is definitely moving. Well, while sometimes it seems that I'm painting this dark image, but it's moving in the right direction, but definitely not as fast as it should be. So we're excited and thank you to Z Prime for continuously bringing great content to the market and shedding light on, you know, great problems as well as solutions to those problems. And we appreciate you all giving us the opportunity to be on this podcast. Thank you very much. Thank you so much, Joyce and Dylan. Appreciate uh, this was uh, uh, very interactive and I enjoyed uh, being here and uh, looking forward to being a guest again. Yeah, so we'll be happy to have you again. Uh, we'll, we'll be in touch. Um, for everyone else, you can find our research and media uh, at zprime.com. You can find us on social media at dylockwood, at jedooley, and at zprime underscore research. My name is Dylan, and we'll see you all next time.